Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. I've worked with many people who have this kind of a kind of shame and a sense of lack because they didn't go to college. And I love helping them get that they didn't miss anything. There's not something that college graduates have that prepared them for life that they don't have. It's just not true. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I shared an old Zen saying, to understand and not to be is not to truly understand. There's a profound difference between learning about something and actually putting it into practice and learning from that experience. Unfortunately, our entire education system is built around that first understanding part and that part only. So today I get into the nitty gritty of what deep practice looks like, practically speaking, and why practicing effectively is one of the most valuable skills you can learn as an adult. Well, if you want to be an adult who's fulfilled, healthy, and constantly growing, at least. I offer weekly member webcast online courses and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So back to practice. So let's start with the premise that most of us actually know very, very little about what effective practice looks like. And I just started uh, studying, picking up studying guitar again, and I, I saw some videos about effective practice that were largely based on a really cool book that I haven't read, but I know a fair amount about called The Talent Code, that is basically all about this concept of deep practice. Yeah, Ed's, Ed's thumbs up, double, two thumbs up from Ed. And there's a lot of different authors and researchers talking about this, and I'm glad it's coming more into um, mainstream consciousness. So this is the what deep practice is is actually something that you already know, but likely you don't know that you know it. You've done it, and I'll talk about how you've done it, but you probably didn't realize that you did it, or you do it in some parts of your life, and you don't realize you don't do it in other parts of your life. And where we all learn deep practice is probably the earliest was in learning to write. Maybe even learning to read, but let's use writing because it's an easier example. You remember the, for me, it was this green, I hated, I hated it. It was green paper and it had, you know, the two lines you write in between, but there was also this dotted line in the middle and it was kind of extra big. And sometimes it would have like the letter you were working on today. Like it's the cursive Q, you know, why we learned cursive is a whole other story. But, you know, it's the hard letter today. You're going to learn the cursive Q and here's the example of it. And then there are these little numbers on the letter that show you like, here's your first pen stroke and here's the second one, here's the third one, right? And that's your instructions. And then you do it. 
and you write a whole page of it. You write like a hundred cues, right? And then you're done and you look at it and you notice like everyone's different. Right? Every single one of your cues is a little different. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and then you show it to your teacher, maybe you walk up there and say, hey, here's the cue. Okay, we'll look at this one and look at this one. Oh, it looks like you're actually not following the example. You're making it up as you go along here. Uh, this one you started here, this one you started there. Go back, do a whole another page and make sure you make this start with your pen here and make this first line here, right? They go really small. I mean, when's the last time you thought about where you put your pen to start writing a cue, right? You haven't thought about that since you were like eight years old. But you spent hours thinking about that. And fortunately, you didn't have any sense of how much fun life could be then because you just figured, well, I guess this is what it's like when you're eight years old. You just spend an hour of your day focusing on where to put your pen to start a cue. You know, and then in high school, you forget how to write cursive entirely if you're like me and never do it again. So, and this is times 26 letters, right? In print and in cursive, years, right? I only have the faintest memories of some of this stuff, but we spent hours and years doing this again and again and again, getting really specific feedback until you could do it every time where every letter looked almost exactly the same without even thinking about it. That's remarkable, right? That's amazing. For some people, that's the most focused practice they will ever do in their entire life. That is deep practice. Deep practice is focusing on the mistakes you're making, zooming into them and going, okay, what exactly is happening here that's producing this mistake? And then practicing through that mistake right on the edge of your comfort zone, right? Because when, you know, some of you probably experienced this maybe. Uh, you know, you realize at nine years old that you're kind of holding the pen wrong and the teacher makes you change the pen. Or God, when I was playing uh, guitar, one of the first things my teacher uh, a few years ago made me do is change the way I was holding a pick. Oh man, I went from being intermediate to beginner. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences in all of my guitar practice. Like, you want me to hold the pick like this? Now I suck. Like, I can't play anything. He's like, I know, just stick with it for like two or three weeks. It'll all come back. But that was not fun. It was all of the joy of playing guitar was gone for about two or three weeks while it was, it was like learning how to write with your other hand. And Leonardo da Vinci, interesting trivia, he could write both directions with both hands. Imagine the difficulty you'd have to go through to be able to do that. So that's deep practice. It's really granular, it's uncomfortable, and it involves getting really specific feedback about really specific aspects of your experience. And with the goal being, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, unconscious competence, effortlessness, total ease. This is also what it looks like when we learn to walk. Although when we learn to walk, we don't have much of a head on our shoulders, so it's not really a cognitive activity. But you know, watching kids learn to walk is so fun because they're so committed. They know they have to do it somehow. And it requires enormous focus. They're literally falling forward and using their feet to stop themselves from falling in the beginning. 
And then eventually it becomes so effortless that we can do extremely complex things, sometimes multiple complex things, while we're doing that. But a 10-month-old, a 12-month-old could never do that. But what happens? They fall forward. They fall down. They're not cognitively looking at what actually happened. But you can see that they correct. Oh, I was leaning forward too much. Oh, I was leaning back too much. They figure that out and they find this middle thing. It's an incredibly complex thing. So now fast forward into the rest of our schooling. You notice that the older we get past writing, I mean, probably beginning in middle school, we don't practice so much anymore like that. It doesn't become skill building in the same way reading and writing is. It becomes about learning about stuff. And where there are really obvious opportunities to learn skills, like in gym class, right? Where you do like, okay, it's the volleyball unit now, the floor hockey unit now. We're going to do this for six weeks, right? And so on like the first day or two or three, you learn some skills. Here's how you put your hands together to do a bump. No, you don't want it to hit your elbows. You want it to hit your hands in this specific spot. You get a little bit of instruction. You do some drills. And then three quarters of the time you spent just playing, right? And the people who are good at volleyball stay good at volleyball. And the people who suck at volleyball continue to suck at volleyball, right? And then there's a few sort of outliers in the middle that they get better at whatever it is, maybe a little bit. But there's no mastery happening there, right? You're mostly just playing around. You have some knowledge about what the skills are, but you're mostly just playing around. Same if you learn debate, right? Uh, in Debate was really weak in the school that I went to. I think we spent probably two months on it, right? Everybody did like one or two debates, got a little bit of feedback, and then it's back to, it's on to the next thing. It's sort of, uh, it makes me think of um, on turntables, if you have a turntable where it's actually adjustable enough, if the weight on the needle isn't enough, the needle will just skate across the uh, record. It won't actually sit in the groove. So most of our education, we're taught that learning is skating. You know, you, you know, it's a great way to get a generalized set of knowledge about a lot of things. And that's, in part, you could say the idea. And so, which is, would be fine, except for, you know, when, you know, we graduate high school, or if you were as unfortunate as I was to go to college with the idea that it was actually preparing me for life in some way, right? There's always this, uh, the, the graduation speech always has something to do with like, okay, now you're prepared for life or this is what you can do with all that you learn. And then it doesn't take you long to realize that most of what you've learned hasn't prepared you for life at all. And for anyone who hasn't gone to college, and I've, I've worked with many people who have this kind of, a kind of shame and a sense of lack because they didn't go to college. And I love helping them get that they didn't miss anything. There's not something that college graduates have that prepared them for life that they don't have. It's just not true. It's just not true. Except in rare cases. So one of the most important things you can learn as an adult is how to practice effectively. How to stop playing around. Because again, our conditioning is such that we look at a new thing 
a knowledge, skill, whatever it is, a new thing. And we unconsciously relate to that thing as like, oh, we don't look at it and go, oh, I'm going to relate to that like I learned how to write because we forgot that kind of torture. That was hard. Most of us don't remember much of it. But we do remember the high school years of cursorily learning about something and regurgitating on a test, which is a little bit past playing around. It's, I would say it's rather than being playing around, which is the first phase of practice, which is really non-practice, it's what is sometimes called deliberate practice. Deliberate practice is focus and there's intention and there's self-testing and we do we do a fair amount of deliberate practice in school to be able to learn it but deep practice is a whole other thing thanks for listening to manage to engage the clear and open podcast join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be until then know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.